Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level. Stay tuned for that post and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. Mod, son, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be talking. I'm more excited. I promise you, bro. I'm definitely more excited. I love everything you do. I tune into every video. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you survived the, the X Games snowstorm. You made it. I made it, dude. We were snowed in for three days, but it was in Aspen, so it was uh, an enjoyable snowed in uh, little extravaganza. I'm from Minnesota. I thought that I was okay with cold, but I forgot <laughs> how cold it actually is, dude. I mean, if you're going to get snowed in, Aspen's probably the place to do it. It was really fun, bro. Have you been to Aspen? I drove through it once. I'm too poor to actually go there. Yeah, it's kind of a little ritzy town, isn't it? Yeah, I I got like a $12 ice cream cone or something there. Bro, I know. I know. It's ridiculous. But it was really fun, dude. I got to snowboard. I grew up snowboarding and uh, I haven't been in like five years and I grew up snowboarding on hills. So snowboarding on a mountain is so much more fun. And uh, I'm still, dude, I still got it. I still got it. All right. There we go. Well, last time we talked, uh, the podcast we did before, I think was like two years ago or something like that. So I'm I'm excited to talk. First question. What have you learned about life or about yourself or anything in the past two years since we talked? Oh, what a great question to start off with. I know I hit you with a big one right off the bat, but there's no time for bullshit and small talk with Mod Son. Yeah. You got to get to the insights, get to the good stuff. So let's get right into it. Um, You know, I've learned the importance of how important it is to love what you do and not base it on um, the achievements that you get, you know, I, I really, really learned just how much I love and appreciate being an artist more than being a commodity or a face of something and how important it is to me to actually do stuff that makes me proud when I look back, you know, I think with with this album, there's this whole thing called like a sophomore slump, right? Yeah. And now, this is definitely my fifth album, not my second album, but... But if, to a lot of people, it's your second album. To a lot of people, it is. And, and um, you know, I hit this giant right place, right time area with my last album, Internet Killed the Rockstar. And for a second, I was really thinking to myself, how do I top this, right? How do I go into this and deliver the same impact in numbers? And... um Throughout the last about year and a half, maybe a solid year, I had released like singles and whatnot. And um, looking at my happiness and trying to base it off a number, trying to base it off that really threw me off for a second. And um, I had to come back to terms with myself that the gratitude that I have to be this deep in my career and to understand that the ups and downs are truly what makes you grow in life. A lot of times the downs are, you know, mm -hmm. the downs are really what pushes you to be a better person. And um, I definitely learned that throughout this process to just be like, I want to put my artistic foot forward 
and really just appreciate this ride that I have, man. And now on the the day that we're doing this on the day my my new album's dropping, I really kind of scrapped the whole typical process of how to release an album and really just care a hundred percent about the art. You know, I really, really put that first. And so now I'm appreciating a day like this even more because I'm not basing this on a on a number to give me my success, you know? Was there pressure like from the industry to hit a number or internally or where was that coming from? I would say it was really internal, Finn. It was like I wanted to outdo myself, you know? And I think like, yo, should I be saying this out loud? Is it like something that I should be saying out loud going like my songs that I released going up to this album didn't perform like the last songs? that I released going into my last album? Should I be saying that out loud? Should I be pretending that I have the same amount of like, quote unquote, momentum that I had going into this? Like, I don't, I, I'm not gonna hide that, you know? Right. I definitely was giving myself this um, expectation of a very dangerous word, which is success mm -hmm. and making it, you know? It's a very dangerous word to try to define that. And, uh, you know, I, I, all the way up until about a month ago had been, man, I, I kind of don't enjoy the word stress because I'm so lucky to be able to be an artist, but I was like stressed out. Like where, where, where is this outdoing myself that I was thinking that I had to do? Where is that? I think it is an important conversation because anyone that dropped music during that pandemic, I think saw the biggest, numbers that they ever had it makes sense everyone's at home listening to music right right man a month ago i decided to drop all that and kind of switched up my album completely i dropped an album with no singles on it i missed the event of an album finn i know you do too bro i know you miss when it felt right. like an event now you listen to an album when you've heard four songs on it it's like great songs but you kind of skip it and that just tears apart this experience of a body of work well i could imagine that there are people on your team at the label, whatever, that might be like kind of a little bit nervous about this. Like, I don't know, Maude, it's a singles world. What are you doing? Yeah, 100%. But but I know that you have a plan. So tell me about it. Yeah. Like I said, I grew up going to the record store or Best Buy on Tuesday, skipping school that day, going buying the record, driving it all around, listening to it front to back. I am a music fiend still to this day. At, on Thursday at 9 p.m., I go to New Music Friday. I listen to that list of songs. I get through probably 75%, if not all of it, that night. I just missed that feeling, man. And so when I brought this idea up, you know, I'm very grateful. I work with this awesome label called Big Noise. You know, one of the owners uh, worked at Vagrant Records. The other owner is Nick Gross, this amazing young entrepreneur. And the other one is John Feldman, singer of Goldfinger. Like, Really a punk, dude. John Feldman's a punk. And still to this day, he's a punk. Doesn't matter where he's at in his life. Um, when we decided to do this, I was very fortunate enough to have someone like John Feldman in my corner who's like, yeah, dude, I miss that too. I really miss that feeling. And I think that this is like such a way to shake up the monotony that everyone's feeling. And and also to be an artist, artist, Finn, like mm -hmm. I enjoy that, you know? I don't really have like awards to show for my artistry, but I do know that other artists enjoy what I do. They tune in. They like the 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 visuals that I make. They enjoy the songs. They like that I'm pushing creativity always. And um, it just makes me feel really proud to to stand for that, to stand for the fact of like this industry that's just 100 percent built on singles right now. Um, which is, yo, I, I hear you talk about it all the time. Like there was a video that you said, like, is the album dead? Is it a singles world? Right. And 100 percent, that's what it is right now. But I felt very passionate about it's beautiful to be right on time. Like we were talking about with my last album. Mm -hmm. I spent so much of my career, whether or not this sounds egotistical, but feeling like I was ahead of the curve. Right. Yeah. And yeah, um, you were. Yeah, I've, I've, I've felt like that at times. And that doesn't mean the world will reward you for it. Right. And with this last album, I felt like I really hit the jackpot with being right on time. Yep. I wanted to reintroduce that side of myself that 
makes me feel like I'm trying to push something. And whether or not anyone else sees that, I felt like I was pushing myself to be like no singles for this rollout. I'm going to do something that I'm not seeing people really do, which is make like a little short for each song and break it down into the terms of like the lyrics being read to you like poetry and sound design it. I'll tell you why most people couldn't do that rollout is because, and I, I saw those and they're awesome. And I have a lot of specific questions about the lyrics and stuff. The reason why a lot of people can't do that is because to be honest, a lot of them don't have anything to say. And I'm not trying to like talk shit on them, but like they just on it. I think a lot of people kind of just put out music to put out music. They don't have something to say. You obviously do. And I think for people like you, that makes a lot more sense than if it's just like, oh, I have a cool beat and I came up with, you know, a hook that sounds good on TikTok. Well, yeah. Like, why do you need like, why would that person need to put it out, out an album? Like, that's just that's not the right vehicle for them. And Finn, you know, too, we're seeing, I mean, we definitely saw a trend of it a couple months ago, but artists being like, my label's forcing me to do this and, and, and forcing me to promote. And yeah, of course, that's always been a part. That's always been a part. But now more than ever, the music, what you do inside the studio and the marketing are living hand in hand, yeah. right? I'm not going to be anti-promotion. I'm going to still find a way to do it, but in no means am I ever going to try to turn this into something that I'm being forced to do. So for any artist out there, because I know so many artists listen to your your podcast, bro. I know it's such a artist and a consumer vehicle. Find a way to love it. Find a way that makes you feel proud of the promotion that you have to do. Because yeah, music's changed, man. And you know what? it's probably changed for the better because I know when you grew up too, you had to go to Kinko's, you had to print out flyers, you had to go around your city and right. post them up everywhere. And you were in charge of everyone being there hand to hand. Now it's like we get to post something on our pages and expect people to be there. I mean, that's definitely made it easier, right? It's definitely. But you, you put in the work. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, the rollout for this album has been, what did you do? Like, I think every day or something like that, there's a new reel that you put out where you're reading the lyrics to some of the songs of the album that kind of but you're reading them like a poem you're not singing them and then there's a little snippet of the song at the end yeah. and these are these are like little mini movies like the trailer for a movie these are not just like some half-assed thing like i can tell you really put in the work and you know that people respond to that they can tell and you know, there's no one size fits all solution. Like albums obviously do work well for some people. Like obviously it works for Taylor Swift, you know, right. and you know, for someone like you that has something to say, that's willing to put in the work to tell that story. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I've thank you first off. And, and, and just like piggybacking off of that, you know, I, to my detriment or not pretty much read all the comments and reply to the people that support me i hear people be like I've, I've never been this excited for an album that means that i did my job i'm excited for it and not just because i know you like because from seeing those reels i was like man i really want to hear this whole song because i want to hear what he has to say oh, i love that man and and i never i never get excited about really albums or like it, it takes a lot so for whatever my opinion is worth thank you man you thank you your opinion honestly means the world to me and uh and you know a lot of a lot of my supporters are maybe from the gen z younger generation that doesn't maybe never got to experience that feeling of hitting play for the first time and you never heard any songs on the album they may have never got to experience that so, you know, being able to give that to people and also having other artists reach out and be like, dude, like, fuck yeah, bro. Like you are you are doing what a lot of people wish they could do where they don't think that their whole artistry is based on the fact like drop a single until one goes and then you can drop an album. But you can't just do nothing like what some artists want to do is like. I don't want to put out singles. I don't want to make TikToks. I just want to put the album and then have put out the album and have everyone listen to it. Well, that's not how it works. You still you're putting in a shitload of work into this, just as much work as you would, if not maybe more, putting out singles. So 
you know the uh, yeah and 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 as much work is honestly like making the songs in a lot of way right you know it's living hand in hand with being like all right i'm gonna create some kind of rollout here and i'm going to gather the excitement for it and turn this into an event and i think like just having a mind for marketing as well i know the biggest tool is turning something into an event you know mm -hmm. and um yeah man I, I i really i really feel like we kind of stood again this is like just me speaking how i feel i feel like we kind of stood up for the artist and the consumer in doing it this way i like it well i, I want to ask you about some of the stuff in these lyrics and stuff because i know you care a lot about lyrics and so do i so i'm just going to ask you about some of these and you can tell me what it's all about so the first one that kind of caught my attention uh was drive uh in particular the there's a line like everyone seems to have it all figured out tell me about that song and what that means so that like really goes a lot hand to hand in what we're kind of just speaking about before this and it's everyone wanting to turn themselves into a brand you know everyone wanting to seem to to force something even when they may not believe it and it's just the authentic the authenticity being delivered back to it and and being vulnerable with it you know me in this world of like goddamn comparison finn mm -hmm. i think more than ever before we're in a generation of comparison you know we are able to 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 visually look at people's success you know we can actually see it as a number like imagine if you could see everyone's fucking bank account balance or whatever 30 years ago, you know, if everyone's walking around with the number on them and like, yeah, that, that's how you're validating things in this world. I think this has always been a thing, but now more than ever, it's like we are constantly in this overstimulated world of comparison and the idea that if you are not, I mean, dude, wanting to do better Every single, let's just talk specifically about the internet, every post wanting to outdo the last one, every video yep. wanting to outdo the last one. I mean, and it's that brutal. Is, it's it, brutal and it's for a, your mental health. And it's a, a slightly new thing because it's living with us every day. You know, before it was like maybe an artist charted on one album, didn't chart the last album, or the last show they played in a city was bigger than the show they played now in a city. It kind of, it's a that that's kind of like a daily thing now or or an in that day kind of thing now there is a consistent daily reminder you know and there's a whole like sort of meta scene of you know people commenting on it like oh mod son flopped like this song didn't do as well as that one he's flopping i went to go see him the other day and there were only this many people there and last time there were that many people and you're like yeah, I fucking know. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, yo, it's such a cursed word too, because I not only do the comments come in like that, but I know that artists feel that way. They literally, they legitimately feel that way if they haven't outdone themselves on each specific song or project. And like, bro, I will just always go back to this. You know, my hero in music is Bob Dylan. And this is a guy who, I don't even know if he's ever topped what he's done in the 60s, but he never stopped putting out albums. Right. He's he's in his 80s and he's still releasing albums and he's on tour. And like, I just look to that and understand like drive is really about loving kind of how we open this conversation. Life is ups and downs. If you learn to love the downs and it is a hard place to be, but the human mind is very complex and you can you can actually train yourself to do that. You learn to love the downs and all of a sudden everything is enough. You know, my uh, my wife had a miscarriage earlier this year and she's pregnant again. And we, Jeez, dude, I'm so sorry to hear that, brother. It's it's all good. We're, we're due again in May. So it's all good. But she had a miscarriage in uh, or maybe it was November, whatever it was a while ago. It was brutal. But I was able to sort of think in that moment, like, we're going to get through this. And we're going to learn and we're going to grow from this. And we did. And it made us both appreciate it when she got pregnant again, even more. Good for y'all, bro. If I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to think about it that way. But it's because, you know, when you've been through some bad shit, you know, you can kind of 
you've been through this before. So you're like, this fucking sucks and it hurts and I feel horrible right now, but I've ridden this wave before. And Finn, I think that's kind of something that you tend to touch upon in almost every video that you make is showing what you've learned growing up, you know, in one way or another. And I just, that's what I appreciate so much from my favorite artists, from my favorite people, personalities, friends, everything is the vulnerability of showing that absolutely shitty things happen, but that there is a sense of optimism that still lives in this world. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you about sort of along the same lines is like, you know, there's this idea that we have, I think, especially like people who want to be a, a an artist or creator of some kind, like if only, but I think it's everybody. If only I had this, like if I got this many followers or sold this many albums or this many people went to my show or I got this promotion or this kind of car. Well, if I just got there, I'll be at the, I've reached the top of the mountain and then I can chill and I'll, I'll just be able to relax and everything's going to be good. And, and you've had probably multiple moments in that life in, in your life where you got the thing that you wanted and you probably had the realization, like you never feel like you got to the top of the mountain. I mean, more than more than ever do I understand that because we all through human condition think that let's just be specific here. A certain amount of money is going to change your life and make you feel different. And I have found that to be so, so untrue. And I know how it feels to be broke and have someone tell you money's not everything. I know how that <laughs> like, feels to fuck be like you. Easy yeah, for you okay, to say. bro. Sure. Yeah, we'll hand it all over then. Right. right? Um, but I have learned through experience, man, because I was one of those people that had always just these aspirations. I came, I came from being broke when I was young and a family that really wasn't uh financially well off, like all the other kids in my city. And I always had this idea in my head that once I have money, if I become a millionaire, all of a sudden I'm going to just feel uh, I'm going to feel accomplished. Mm -hmm. And it's just not like that. I don't think that there's any better feeling in this world than being of service. I think that is the number one thing that makes you be able to sleep at night is being like, I was able to help. I was able to do something for someone else. I was able to actually listen to someone when they're talking and not be thinking about what I'm going to say next and actually do something of service. And uh, for everyone out there, I don't know if there's ever going to be a way to truly convey that emotion until you go through it. But it is so real that you can't buy happiness, man. You really can't. And the best way to feel fulfilled to me is, like I said, A, being of service to this world, and then B, feeling like you left enough behind. That's truly today, I am about to add another album to my catalog. And that's what's making me feel accomplished. A hundred percent, man. And I'm going to keep fighting to leave as much behind as I can. But there is no benchmark, truly, that's going to make you, you will not wake up, you win the lottery, you will not wake up the next day and have your problem solved. I wish it was that easy. You know, anytime I've ever accomplished something, you know, that I worked really hard for for years, like it's cool and I appreciate it. But you get up the next morning and you pretty much feel the same as you did the day before. Ben, why is that? <laughs> it sucks. Yo, you're very smart and intelligent. I would love to hear your take. Like, why is that? It's like you said that at the end of the day, what makes us happy is like contributing to the happiness of other people and like in the world, because I think that's like how our biology is programmed, you know, like we're we're we are social creatures and like accumulating. There's like a part of our brain that says accumulate more shit and more status and more power and control. But I think that part of our brain was designed for a world that we don't live in anymore, where like you had to worry about food and you, you know what I mean? And you had to worry about people coming over the hill from the village to like kill you. So you had to kind of like be in that like resource scarce mindset. And we don't live in that world anymore. Like at least, you know, those of us who are fortunate enough to live in, you know, a developed country. And like, if you're listening to this, you probably don't. And so that part of our brain is actually not helpful. 
the part of our brain we need to listen to is the one. And like, I know it sounds shitty to, to, it's irritating to hear people who have money say that money doesn't matter or people who have a following say that followers don't matter. It's annoying. Or you hear a beautiful person tell you that that doesn't matter. But those are the people who would know. And I mean, I've been around a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of people with a lot of followers. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my entire life heard somebody say like, yeah, man, money definitely makes you happy. It's never been said. Nobody has ever said that. Like you said, it, it, that that mindset was built for a world that we don't live in. And also at the same time, it's like maybe there's this whole idea that's like it's all about finding out for yourself. Yeah, it is. And it, and it really gives you maybe that drive to go find out for yourself. You know, especially I'll just say it like especially like young men, young men will not fucking listen to anybody about anything. You know, when I was 23 years old, I could have been on fire and you'd be like, hey, man, just dump the bucket of water on yourself and be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, we don't learn any way other than putting our hand on the stove and getting burned, you know, like, all right, I guess you're right. That's 100 percent true. And and and, and again, like, I, I wonder if there will be a way to someday really convey that message without it being irritating. But um, it, all in all, like you said, no one's no one really says, I mean, it might give you freedom. It might give you freedom yeah. to do things, but freedom also creates boredom. Sure. You know, and comfort being- How many people went off the fucking rails because they had too much money and too much freedom and they could just indulge all their worst impulses? How many, I mean, how many times have we heard that story in history? You know, it, it happens all the time. They say, you know, the people that make you laugh the most are the saddest, you know, and the, the people at the top, they, I mean, bro, I, I have felt those things with the comfortability that again, dangerous word success has brought me, you know, I mean, Oh my God, how many times do you hear an artist say they missed the come up? Right, right. You know, the part of where they're sleeping on floors and like, but in that moment, you're like, just let me get to the top, bro. I know. Yep. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music, or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, 
You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. You're still engaged, right? With what? Like to be married. Oh, engaged. <laughs> I'm like engaged, engaged in what? Yes, I'm still engaged, man. I'm still engaged. Well, speaking of success, I mean, what like what means more? I mean, obviously selling albums and having people come to your show and shit, that means a lot. But if you don't have anybody to share that with, it's kind of an empty victory, right? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. It's like I am looking i've always lived by this quote that's like think about the future you get anxiety you think about the past you get depressed so be in the present right i've yep. always kind of lived by that quote and but how fucking hard is that uh, uh, well up until recently man i'm telling you like i really really do enjoy the thought of the future you know and really actually consider it when i'm making decisions now more than ever and i'm talking about the future of like becoming old having a child getting married you know spending christmas with my wife in 20 years and watching you know children and grandchildren and all that grow up um i'm understanding the beauty of that in life and it's taken a really long time to i have i have pushed myself so hard because of the word selfish right I really have always been like, why did y'all fuck up that word? Selfish is a great thing. Being being an asshole is not a great thing. Um, not not considering others is not a great thing. But being selfish is great because you should be at the top of your list. This is your life, and you should be thinking about yourself and and help yourself be better. So your your help means that much more. For the first time, I'm like really understanding the beauty of not being at the top of the list all the time. You know, and I think that's another thing that comes with just growing. And I just want to tell people that it's not a party foul to get old. Explain what you mean by that. There's been since the dawn of time and especially within the arts, this mm -hmm. idea that there is a timeline, there is an age and that you get it to a certain age and you're no longer cool. Every fucking day, I feel like I should just delete myself from social media just because of my age. Yo, why? I feel it every fucking day. But why? Because of everything you just said. I feel like it's cringe to exist at my age. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know. And I not only do I know, but I get told that. Finn, all the time. I mean, I'm dropping an album called God Save the Teen and there's there's half of half of people that hear that and go, bro, you think you're a teenager? Like, you're fucking in your 30s, bro. Grow up. And it's like the the underlining message, the underlying yeah. message of the God Save the Teen is that if anyone is responsible for making a better future for the people that come after us, it's the older people. Yeah. You know, that's what I take from your videos too. the same thing. I hear you talk about all these subjects all the time, man. And whether you're I find so many gems, whether you're talking about yourself or not. I find it through what you're saying and I I learn and I grow from that. And like the things that you consume are here to teach you. And if you have anything, any kind of message to spread, like you are responsible to give that message to the people that are younger than you, man. And mm -hmm. I see that all the time. And I just, I think that, it's a, it, I think that it's a reward and a trophy to get another year of your life. And I really, really try to like make that my message and everything. Like I am proudly 35, proudly, like no one thought I was going to make it this far in my career. You know, no one thought I was going to have a career when I was younger. 
But like, if I would have said to myself, if I don't make it by 25, that's it. Move on. And by the way, 35 is still young as fuck. Like, absolutely. It's crazy. It's like, oh, if you didn't make it by the time you're 23, you're just done. Yeah. And Finn, like, I see this every single day and almost more and more than ever because we've turned this into like a what the I mean, the word cringe is just like erupted. Right. <laughs> and, you know, there's this like great thing that I heard that was like, remove the part of you that cringes. Right. Like remove that part and understand like, yo, if, if we're coming down to cringe and what that is, like I was that since I was fucking 13, bro. Same. And I still am. And like, so what do you do? Do you quit or do you push forward and share and share these things that like, I don't know if you ever watch your videos, do you? I watch them once to make sure there's no like mistakes. Okay. I wonder if you're going to ever watch back these videos in 30 years, you know, and, and be like, dude, holy shit. How fucking cool was it that I put myself out there? multiple times a week and I get to look back and there's this journal out there of my life that exists, you know, because I, I, I consider that every time I'm creating something, I really consider the fact that like one day I'm going to look back on all of this and just be so proud that I decided to say, go not stop. And other people are going to have so many memories of where they were when they heard this song or who they were with and all those, you know, the same way that, you know, all of us have have memories. Another song I wanted to ask you about, it's an older one, but I really, really, really like it. I think it's like lyrically my favorite song you've ever done, kind of along these same lines, is Perfectly Imperfect, which, you know, other people have said similar things. But the way that you said it really hit home for me specifically because I think you kind of found the sweet spot of like acceptance because without like self-pity or kind of, do you know what I mean? Just sort of like radical acceptance. Well, absolutely. I'm so happy you said that, man. I actually remember when I released that song, I think you commented on the video and we're like, mm-hmm. this is a great message to say. And like that right there made me feel accomplished. You know, I have always wanted to stand for this idea that like everyone is special. I don't care what that sounds like, bro. I it's really true. believe everyone is special. Everyone has something to say. And like in the acceptance thing, you know, I get to where I am at my career. And how many times can I bring up Bob Dylan in this? But there's a lyric about. <laughs> but yeah, it's in there. I can, I can never write like Bob Dylan, you know, and that is accepting the fact that like by me saying that I am not only like finding greatness in myself. But also, like you said, finding acceptance and understanding, like, I don't need to be like someone else to find my own purpose. You know, I've dude, I'm an idol worshiper, bro. I have faces of 20 different people that I looked up to tattooed on my body. And like, I'm just like, yo, I've wanted to be like these people for so long. I've studied them up and down, done the research. I I wanted my name to be Dylan my whole life and, you know, put on ripped jeans with thermals under it so I could look like Kurt Cobain and all this stuff. And just understanding that, like, yo, your your twist on this world is not to be copying someone else. Right now to be influenced by someone else is totally different. But to think that you're ever going to be a carbon copy of someone else is just fooling yourself. and. I found it to be an important message right now because like love TikTok because it has put the again, quote, quote unquote, what it is success into the hands of the consumer. You know, the listener now kind of makes a song blow up. Um, But what else does TikTok do on the opposite side of that? It rewards someone copying someone else. And I think that's a dangerous place to be. It's also a real good way to go on there and see a bunch of people that are younger and better looking than you and make yourself feel real shitty real fast if you let yourself go there. These filters that we have for our for our stories or our, all this stuff, it is causing people to think that they're ugly without it. Tell me about it. I feel that way every day, all day. I was never insecure about the way that I look until five years ago, maybe. I, I never even thought about it. Finn, I love you so much because you say the scary things out loud. That is like 
the beauty of being a human. Me too, bro. Me too. I started using these things and I'm looking at myself. I'm like, yeah. And then I look at myself without it. And I'm like, oh my God. And yeah. I have never before felt that way. And you know, there, there's like a song on my album. The last song is called Delusional Confidence. And the, at the end, I have this giant long poem. And it's like the message that I'm trying to send. And going back to the, to the album title, like, I don't know if anyone's saying out loud the dangers in, in something so simple like that. You know, the mass depression that it's causing, the people scared to leave their house, the people that are so insecure that they think that their identity on the Internet is what is, is actually the importance and it's a scary place to be Finn. and like i i am in no way trying to be the person that's saying down with this it's bad i'm picketing outside yeah. of instagram head headquarters saying ban filters i'm not i'm trying to be a messenger of like what i see because i think me and you were both at the start of the internet kids yeah you know we're at the start. And I think now we're in the middle. OK, and this is the start for a lot of the younger generation. And I think that us being in this middle point, because I do see a, a giant reset. I do at some point see a giant reset in 10 years. People, maybe it's 15, whatever. People are going to look back in this and be like, dude, that was fucking wild. You remember when everyone was like filtering everything and everyone made, made themselves feel like shit by just like fucking indulging on all this like comparative bullshit man that was crazy like how we look back on like cigarettes from the 50s dude i think the same thing i think there's a chance that the house phone might come back you know right. i really do because i think that that we're again finding optimism in everything i think that we're very intelligent people and i think that is there doubt is there upsides to everything that's going on right now absolutely i mean these kids are learning how to be the director the writer the lighting person and they're so fucking good at all of it it's amazing the marketer bro everything they're geniuses with this. they are they're so brilliant. it's going to it's going to bring good in one way or another i see these like 15 year olds that are making the most like creative brilliant shit i'm like holy fuck I am terrified of like how good these kids are. I know. And we're seeing it in every field. I mean, dude, the person I was just at the X Games, the the I think it was the woman that won big air contest was 14 years old this year. And like, look at drummers, for example, you're a drummer. How fucking good is a 15 year old? Like the average 15 year old now was better than almost everybody in a band 20 years ago. I know. Bro. That's wild. I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it right now. <laughs> right. If it was the None of us would have. Yeah, bro. They would have kicked me to the curb quick, man. You know, so there, there's there is so much greatness coming out of it. But again, there's there's danger to it, man. And like I just with the perfectly imperfect, I felt like there is an underlying message in that with my new album. I think there's an underlying message in it just being like, yo, you don't need that stuff. You just don't. You're great. You know how great it feels when someone just gives you a compliment. You know, it really does. It really does. And if I can be that person to give them that compliment in their rawest form, then I think that, again, I'm being of service somehow. I like it a lot. Um, you mentioned delusional confidence. That's another one I wanted to ask you about. The song itself is like the idea that that voice inside your head that is sometimes can be so brutal to you at the other end of it it can be your best friend i have never in my life still to this point since the day i found the secret and the law of attraction and all that that shit is real by the way people think that's some corny wine mom shit it's a hundred percent real they just people again just the whole aspect of like what corny is and the manifestation thing and like ever since i found that finn i have in my head believed that I'm still able to accomplish my wildest dreams. Yes. No matter how much older I'm getting, no matter how much success I see my neighbor have, I still believe within me that if I hold that image in my head and I'm asking for it, that the universe is going to open up to me and it's going to deliver that to me. I want to poke at one thing you just said, because I think it's really interesting. You said, no matter how much success my neighbor has, and I don't know who, who your neighbor is, but it, it's an interesting thing. And I'm not trying to like pick on you, but because I do the same shit all the time. The amount of success your neighbor has 
has nothing to do with how much success you do or don't have, but that's how our brains work. It's like, oh, if someone else is winning, that means I'm losing. And that's totally untrue. Dude, there's this great quote that's like, if something good happens to your neighbor, it just means that a miracle is in the neighborhood. Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way, does it? No, no. I love that we open up these conversations that are like somehow pseudo philosophical. You know what I'm saying? Like when your best friend, when something good happens to your best friend, you're like, man, that's fucking awesome. But in your head, you're like, I wish that happened to me. I feel bad. And I hate that. Yeah. And really, like I said, it just means that it's it's that much closer to you. You know, it really just means that it's that much closer to you. And it 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 should by no means make you feel unaccomplished and and understanding just understanding like time is is all i know some of these things are like are irritating you here um but like time is always on your side especially when you look back you know when you look back on things and you do get that you do get that moment to sit and reflect that's the word i was looking for to reflect on things you just see that it's always looking out for you in some way or another. And I know how shitty that is to hear <laughs> that when something bad happens, that it's making room for something good. I understand that. But if you can somehow find a way to live your life in those ideologies, it can only make your life that much better. It always made me so angry, like when my mom or anyone else would be like, well, the universe has a plan. It made me so angry to hear. Oh, I know. But but man, I feel like it's true, especially if you kind of open yourself up to it and and let it be true, if that makes sense. And that doesn't lessen how shitty something is in the moment. That's it right there. If you let yourself go with it, it always ends up being true. Does that make sense? Ben, that's it right there. That, that's it right there. If you let it be true, it couldn't be said any better because there is someone or something that's going to tell you that it's false. It's just innate. But if you choose to be that kind of warrior in this world, to be that kind of person that pushes for that, it's going to be true if you allow it. To be. For example, my wife having a miscarriage, that sucked. Yeah. But you know what? That made us a hundred times more empathetic and compassionate to every other family that has dealt with that. I had no idea how common it is. It's like 30% of pregnancies, which I had no idea that was the case. And like, how many families are dealing with that right now that you walk past at Target and you don't know, and you know nobody talks about it, stuff like that. And it, it, it made me so much more empathetic, just not only to that, but just to people in general. It's like, man, and that is like, that is some serious shit to go through. Like losing a baby is it's serious shit. And there's millions and millions of people dealing with that every day. And I would have never known that if we didn't go through it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost one of those feelings that you can't understand when someone describes it. You can only understand by going through it. Same with being an addict. You know, you, it's easy to judge. But if you've been through it yourself, you you can't you you just can't judge. It's you can't. No, you have absolute empathy for it. And I mean, is there is there a more powerful tool than empathy that a human can have? Like, isn't that what causes you to be? Isn't that the whole impetus and cause for being grateful? Is empathy? I mean, that almost lives before gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's. Man, that's the saving grace for me right now. I mean, just speaking on sobriety, you know, I'm coming up on four years and it's becoming more of a challenge. The high of proving to myself that I could do it is has, has essentially wore off. Mm -hmm. And and now it's become a real, real fight, you know, and just holding on to the gratitude and the empathy is what what keeps me what keeps me here every day, truly. I can imagine that in those moments where you're beating yourself up because your song didn't do as well as you thought it was supposed to do, or you know, or whatever those moments where you're comparing yourself to someone else or or the past, those are the moments where you're like, man, I'd sure feel good right now if I did a couple lines. Bro, a hundred percent, you know, being like, well, life would be more fun if I was doing that. You know, I would be more interesting or enjoyable if i was doing that 
which is a lie. Nobody is more enjoyable to be around when they're on Coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> like, if you think I'm bad now. Honestly, I think back to certain times and I'm just like, you know, not not only that, Finn, but I would be dead. You know, I would really be dead. Like, And why do you feel pressure to be more interesting? You know what I mean? Because you yeah. don't feel like you're interesting enough just being your authentic self and you feel like people are judging you and whatever these and it's all a lie it's all bullshit you're making up in your own head none of it is real like almost all these things that we all of us feel so anxious about are completely fucking fabricated like if your doctor told you have cancer okay be worried about that like that's real you know but all the stuff about people judging you and being it's all complete illusion it does not exist and it's becoming more apparent every day that there's a fear of judgment going on and there is i don't know if you agree with me but from from my outlook almost like a a rise in mass depression you know sure seems that way it does seem that way and i just want to leave some kind of message behind to feel like i'm saying that you're good enough the way you are. Not only are you good enough, you're amazing. You deserve to tell your story. You have something interesting to say. And the comparison is an illusion as well. It's true. Cool. Well, uh, I will let you go. I know you got a bunch of other press to do. Uh, congratulations on everything. And uh, I am really excited to listen to this album tonight. Feels special and awesome, and I'm grateful to be part of it. So thank you for doing this, and uh, I am uh, stoked to talk to you soon. Ben, thank you so much for having me, bro. As soon as I was uh, getting ready to drop this album, I was like, I want to go talk to Finn again, please. Love it. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for everything you do, brother. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and while we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling is coming soon from crowd network just search for death of a rock star on your podcast app and subscribe now bowie dylan marley you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.